Welcome to the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. This is Colby Wood. And on this podcast, we take a deep dive into medical sales and in particular, orthopedic medical sales, where I do my best to share with you everything that I have learned up to this point and document really the day-to-day sales calls and meetings and interactions I'm having so that you can learn from my experiences and hopefully help you become more successful in your career as well. So without any further ado, please enjoy today's podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Colby Wood with the Medical Sales Certification Podcast, and welcome to this episode. And what I wanted to discuss in this episode is one of the ways in which you can help lock down the deals that you think are going well and that you think you're going to be able to get, but you don't end up getting. And so what what I'll start with is kind of describing at least one example that I had not too long ago that I think is relevant and can probably help uh, illustrate exactly what I'm talking about here. And that is that when you are in a meeting with a customer and you feel like it's going well, you feel like they are, they like the product, they think the product can help them, they think you can benefit them over their current, you know, vendor or product, uh, they recognize they have a need, all of those things, but you're not getting the deal. That's where I think this is one way to think about how you can help close this down. And what it comes down to is understanding what are the fears or uncertainties that the customer is going to be going through in switching to your product. And understand that in a lot of ways, we have to we have to fully acknowledge that the products that we use on a daily basis are not necessarily the quote unquote best products on the market. Like there may be certain areas where you where you are using and you're paying extra for the best product or you know you're getting the best product at the best price whatever quote unquote the best product is to you. But understand that there's a lot of factors outside of the product itself that go into anybody making a decision on why they would use one vendor over another or one rep over another or one product over another, I should say. Um, And those could be relationships with reps, uh, past experiences, uh, relationships with the manufacturer, other people that are involved. I know I've talked about this a little bit, but I think what... um, what I wanted to dive into in particular here is a, uh, is a situation I had with a, with a customer. And I was talking about one of our biologic products that we have. And there was clear, the, the doctor I was talking with had a clear understanding that we had a better product than what he was currently using. Okay. So he recognized, yes, the, using you guys would be a better option than what I'm currently doing. But this is where you have to take that one step further because if you think if you're getting to that point with customers where they're saying like yeah yeah this sounds like a good deal or they're they're either giving you verbal or nonverbal cues that yes they do think that this product would be a better option or they are they're fully engaged with what you're talking about and and here's your opportunity to really shut it shut the deal down close it down and make sure you actually get it um, after after your meeting you know, after you leave and, and the customer never calls you back, how do I lock it down so that we actually get that business? You know, there, there is no magic bullet here, but this is going to be one thing that you should think about. And you really need to be integrating into every sales interaction that you have. And so what it is, is think about all of the risks or the things, the uncertainties that the customer is going to be going through when they convert to your product. 
you know, in, in this scenario, it was, it was a biologic product that the doctor uses in clinic. Okay. So the doctor uses this biologic product in clinic on certain patients. And what are, you know, I would just ask you to do this as a, as a thought experiment and as an exercise, what are the things that come into mind as to concerns a customer could have about switching who they're using for a biologic product in the office? All right. Well, let's, let's work through the list, at least out of the top of our heads. All right. Number one, the product doesn't show up. Maybe they already have somebody else stocking the shelf, or maybe they've got a good relationship with the rep and they trust the other rep that the product is actually going to be there. Well, yeah, you might have a better product. What if the product doesn't show up? What if you're not accountable when they give you, they say, yeah, I've got a patient at this day at this time, and these are the products I need. What if the product's not there? What if they have expectations of the rep that the rep shows up for every one of their procedures? What if you don't show up? What happens there? What if they need multiple backup options and the rep that they're currently providing brings all of the backup options available to each procedure? And if they go with you, are you going to know which backup products they need, which sizes, which diameters, which, you know, which materials, which whatever, what are the backup options that they need for each procedure? What are the steps of each procedure? You know, if the rep's involved or if the rep has any responsibility relative to that, what if they already have a routine down with their current vendor, their current rep, that you don't understand? You don't know the routine. You don't know the, the protocol or the process. What about the product not performing? Yeah, on paper, it sounds good. Yeah, I recognize what you're saying to me sounds good. And it sounds like it's a better option. What if the product doesn't perform as you say it does or as your marketing material says it will? What happens there? What happens if what you're telling me about reimbursement potential of this product doesn't actually come through the way you're saying it does or the way that your marketing material says it will? What happens there? All of, all of those things that we just said, that's, that's more or less off the top of my head. Now, I spent a few, few you know, seconds thinking through that ahead of time for this podcast to determine, all right, what are, the, what are the things that I can make sure I can pull them right from memory right away? But you've got to understand that Anything in that category, those are risks or uncertainties that the, that the surgeon is going to have about going with my product, and it has nothing to do directly with the product. So recognize that, you know, if I get in a situation where I'm selling around the product here, this is why ours is going to be better. This is why it's processed differently. This is why you're going to get better outcomes. This is the financial structure that we have in place that's going to make sure that you make money. All of those things that are good in selling and selling the doctor on the product, generating the interest getting, getting the surgeon to give you a chance. Those are good. But then all of the other thoughts that we just discussed, those are going to be creeping into the customer's mind, whether we want it to or not, whether they verbalize it or not. And so your job after you get the, the customer or you recognize that the customer either verbally or non-verbally is, is very interested in your product and they're start, starting to process, all right, what would it be like if I switched? That's where you've got to start pulling these questions out and confronting them. These are very, these are just as important as why your product is better. All of these questions, because these are the ones that are actually going to get you across the finish line at the end of the day. Yeah, you can have a better product, but if the doctor is afraid of what can happen, maybe the doctor says, well, I'm too concerned that you're new and I don't know you and we don't have a relationship and we haven't developed trust. 
that I'm actually not confident you're going to show up with the product that I need when I need it. That's a totally different objection to handle or concern to address than why should I use your product over what I'm currently using? And, and I just ask you to, to kind of think about that for a minute, that, that those questions, believe me, they are not going to be in your features and benefits analysis of your product. That's not going to be in there. They're going to tell you, well, why is your product better than the other one? Sure. Your job to take it one step further as a rep is to give the customer the confidence that all of those doubts, all of those fears, all of those risks that they're thinking through, either consciously or, or subconsciously, that you bring them to the forefront and you handle them in real time. Because if not, when you leave and you think it went really well, believe me, they're going to think about those things before they actually pull the trigger with you. They're going to be thinking, what if I go with somebody new and I don't trust you? Yeah, I like your product better, but what if you don't show up on time? What if my patient is going to be waiting and you're not going to be there? You know, I, I expect all my reps to be there 30 minutes ahead of the procedure. Am I confident that you're going to be there? And here is, here's the kicker. Whose responsibility is it to get down to those questions? Is it the customer's responsibility or is it the rep responsibility? Now you could say, well, if the customer actually wants to use my product, they should be asking me those questions if that's the fear or the risk or the things that are going through their mind. And while I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, I would say that ultimately it comes down to you to making sure that you ask the right questions because in a lot, I think in a lot of situations like that, those are questions that they're having. Those are risks that they're having. Those are concerns that they have that may not be fully conscious to them at that time, right? Like we have a conscious and we have a subconscious. I think in the subconscious, a lot of those risks and concerns are living there and they just haven't verbalized them yet. And when you as the rep can bring it up um, in the meeting and say, hey, look, here, here's how we address this. Here's what I can do for you. Here's the guarantee that I give you. Here's the promise that I give you. Here's the backup options that I have for you. Here's how we can handle the first couple cases just to make sure that you're confident that you have what you need when you need it. If you can bring those things up intentionally, knowing that they're going to be a cause for concern, then you're going to be light years ahead of everyone else who doesn't. And your close rate is actually going to go up significantly because you're not going to lose out on business that you have quote unquote converted because the customer actually likes your product, thinks your product's better than what they're currently using, but that the customers don't convert because you haven't answered or addressed those underlying concerns that they have. And so when you are in the moment with the customer, you need to literally ask them, Hey, what are the expectations you have of reps that, that you work with for this product? How soon do you expect us to be here for the procedure? Do you expect us to be here for every procedure? What do you expect out of us? Outside of the product that you say you need for that procedure, what other products would you like me to have on hand for each procedure as a backup? If you're not asking those types of questions, you're not actually closing the deal. Like that's how you lock down deals is when you force the difficult questions to the forefront of the conversation. Because if, if you're not going to ask those questions, you're not going to, like, you're just, you're, you're just hoping and wishing and you're going to get lucky sometimes, but your close rate's going to go way down relative to what it could be, or it's going to be way lower than what it could be if you're willing to confront those real questions, because those are going through the customer's mind. Before they pull the trigger with you, they're thinking about, well, what if I do this with this new rep? Yeah, I, I mean, I like this person, but I don't know if they're actually going to show up on time. The last rep that I worked with, 
and I said yes to you, trying a new product, they were 45 minutes late to my first procedure. And then I had to tell the patient that they had to wait in the waiting room significantly longer than what they should have. You know, what if that happened last time that he tried a new product? Now you're not competing with the customer's current vendor. You're competing with the previous rep that he said that he would use and that burned him. So, you know, it, it, when you think about it in these terms, it, it certainly changes the nature of the conversation, changes the nature of how you're, how you should be thinking about and closing deals, how the questions you should be asking the customer, because sure, first you have to generate interest. You have to make sure that your product or service can solve a problem that the customer recognizes and that they realize and recognize that yes, your product would be a benefit over what they're currently doing or currently using. But then you have to move beyond that and start addressing what are the real things that are going to be going through their mind if they start going with you. If they give you a yes, what are the concerns they have? What are the risks they have? You know, flat out ask them, hey, look, I understand that you think my product's better. I understand. I recognize that this can be a better option than what you're currently doing. What are the concerns you have about going with us? What are the things that could come up? What's the worst case scenario that happens if you go with us? Well, the worst case scenario is that, you know, you don't show up with the product. Hey, fair enough. That's why I'm here. Now you can address that. You bring it to the forefront and now you can, now you can handle it. Or they say, well, you know, I think the product's better, but what if it doesn't perform the way that you say it will? Hey, I totally get it. You know, you're trusting my word and you're trusting the marketing, marketing material that I have. And you're trusting the data and the research that I'm presenting to you. And then you go on to why they can trust that. Or they say, well, you know, my current vendor brings multiple backup options that, you know, just in case that the product that I specifically requested is not the one that I actually need, you know, are you actually going to have those there? Well, yeah, here's how we handle that. You, you don't really know what's going to come out of their mouth as far as what the real risks are and what they're concerned about until you actually ask those questions. But I think so many reps want to get in and out quickly and not address all of the things that need to be addressed. You know, they're, they're good at talking about the product. They're good at, you know, pitching and selling against the competition, but they're not good at actually closing down a customer by addressing, all right, let's walk through you going with us. All right. Tomorrow you have a, you have a patient that, that is, you know, a potential customer for me, or that would be a good candidate for this product. What happens? Who do I hear from? Who on your staff needs to contact me and who do I need to be in contact with? Are they going to actually call me? You know, what if, what if it has nothing to do? What if it's, you know, the, the scheduler that they work with that's on their team is not good at calling reps and they only, you know, they rely on the rep to be calling them to make sure that they have what they need. Maybe that's the scenario. And so if that's the case, you bring that up and say, Hey, no problem. Here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's what I'm going to, you know, here, who are the people I need to talk with on your team? I'll call every morning at 8 a.m. You know, whatever, whatever that looks like for you. You probably don't want to call every morning at 8 a.m. I don't know why that, you know, that was just the first thing that came out of my mouth. But you have to be able to address that. Like you're, you move beyond the product itself and you're getting into the space of what are the problems that they actually experience on a daily basis with these vendors, with these products, with availability that has nothing to do with actually which product they're using. Because you tell me what's better, uh, slightly less, uh, slightly less good. I was going to say that sounds terrible. (laughs) 
a slightly worse product, quote unquote, worse product, right? Uh, you tell me what's worse, not using the absolute best product or not having any product available. Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably take the first one is a better option for your patient. You know, at least you have a good product there. Even if you could argue that your product's a little bit better, what if it's not there when you need it? You know, so, um, those are the types of things that customers are thinking about that, you know, whether consciously or subconsciously, when they're, when they're considering switching vendors, whether they're telling you those things or not, you need to be intentionally bringing them up because it's going to give you the opportunity to address the, the real questions that they have as to why they would go with you over somebody else. And if you don't, you're just, you're just hoping and wishing that, you know, you're wishing on a prayer that, well, he's convinced enough that my product's so much better that it's worth the risk. Like, okay, yeah, you're going to have some wins in that space if that's the way that you approach it. But your, your success rate is going to be significantly higher if you address all the other associated things with them, all the other risks and concerns and, uh, and thoughts that are going to be running through their head as to why they should or should not go with you. So um, I hope that's helpful, thinking about those things. And really take, take the time to uh, process in your mind which products you're selling and what the actual risks and concerns and potential pitfalls could be if a customer said yes to you. Walk through that process in your mind and think about every step along the way and intentionally bring up all the worst case scenarios. Because trust me, if you if you bring up all the worst case scenarios and you handle them, it's going to make the, the jump or the gap or the decision, however you want to look at it on the, on the customer's part, it's going to make it that much easier for them to say, yes, I'm willing to take the risk of going with this with you, of trying this new product. Uh, so anyway. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the medical sales certification podcast. And as you know, we give all of our content and training away for free. So it'd really mean a lot to me if you could subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And if you thought that this episode in particular was helpful, consider sending it to somebody, you know, who you think could benefit as well. Thanks again, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.